This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. Hour one of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. We are standing by to hear from the coach and defensive coordinator of America's team. The two Mikes, McCarthy and Zimmer, are preparing to talk up there at the Star Ford Center with the Star. We'll get to that shortly. General, at your service. At ease. Hope you're having a good one. Thanks for making us part of your day. Brian Broaddus is out. Uh, he's apparently sick. Uh, yeah, do have Lucius Alexander in the Pimp Cup over there at Master Control in his Rangers championship hat. You have Wolchuk and Chiafalo. We're Rangers excited. Going to be a, a surprise in just a couple of weeks now. Let's go. And, of course, Carter Freeman is coordinating your video. You can watch us at 105thethefan.com, Twitch, and YouTube. How the heck are you guys? Wonderful. Doing great, man. Doing great. Feeling for Broadus right now. That's a guy who, I mean, when you when you power through, when you're talking into a microphone giving takes hmm. basically 24 hours a day for the better half of the last seven months, at some point it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up to you. Yeah. You know, and it's finally, he's finally met his match with uh, extreme bubble guts, from what I understand. Well, I'm glad that he uh, is dealing with that now, because I think he's got vacation next week. He's going out to California, and you'd hate to be sick on vacation. No, honestly, the pre-vacation sickness is beautiful, because then you you sort of, you lean out, usually. You You know, so when you go to one of the coasts... And you know Protus is going to be taking his shirt off. Uh-huh. I mean, this is actually going to end up being a good thing. It's tough to feel that right now, Broadus, as you listen on the Odyssey app on the Porcelain Throne. But you'll get through it. And this time next week, you'll be thanking God for these moments. He is a hardworking man. Uh, I've been saying lately he needs some time off. And I think his his uh, his body agrees. So he'll, he'll probably bounce right back, though. You know he's a workaholic. And he has to be super-duper sick to actually miss. Oh, yeah. You know you it's know. serious. Uh, he was saying it, it hurts to talk. It hurts to sit. Okay, let's go up to Mike Zimmer and Mike McCarthy at the Ford Center. Here we go. No, I'm still the same. <laughs> All right. Let's start with David. Mike, David Moore, Dallas Morning News. You start by talking about what attracted you to Mike Zimmer and uh, – what you expect him to, to do with this defense and what's in place? Well, I've always had uh, such great respect for Mike. You know, we've competed against each other so many times over the years. I mean, even going back to New Orleans when Mike was coordinating here in Dallas and and obviously our time in the NFC North. So, you know, really just going through the whole process, you know, post, you know, uh, announcement of Dan uh, getting the Washington job, you know, we kind of had two buckets that we, that we looked at as far as individuals that they were tied to the existing defense and then uh, looking at former former head coaches with something that, you know, if you point, point to my history, is, is a preference that, that I, I feel was very important. And um, and then, you know, having a chance to sit down and talk to Mike and, you know, and I'll let him talk about his time off and so forth. But just, just a, I just think it's an incredible fit for us. Is that the other point, especially now that you're a play caller as well, the comfort you have with yeah. Mike having been a head coach before and just – 
turning over that side to him. Definitely. I mean, I think there's just so many things that go on, uh, even more so today than you know back in 06 when it when it's you know my head coaching career started that you have to do. And I think if you are gonna, I mean, there's only so many minutes, so many hours in a day. I know as a head coach, you're responsible for everything, but the reality is you can't be everywhere. And um, and so I, I think the importance of the leadership. Um, role on defense uh, outside of scheme, calling games, and coaching players. There's so much more that goes on as far as the, the assistant coaches, and, um, and and I think it's important. And obviously, Mike's experience and uh, success that he's had at, at, at every level um, is once again just makes this a great fit. Zim Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star Telegram. Uh, how does it feel to be back, and did you ever expect to come back? Um, it feels outstanding. I mean, you know, I got two grand grandkids, uh, twins that, that uh, my daughter has. That, um, I'm excited to be around a little bit more. Um, you know, I've always loved Dallas. I've always loved the Cowboys. I've had a chance a, a lot of times. Mike and I were on a committee together, so we were able to, to uh, you know, kind of talk away from football. Um, back in the day, we're on the John Madden committee, and then, um, and then, you know. Did I ever think I'd be back? I don't know. I always kind of hoped I would be. Um, you know, when when uh, when my time was off, I'd had some phone calls of going places, and um, I wanted to be somewhere where I knew people and I trusted people. Um, and so when this opportunity came up, I was excited because uh, the relationship I had with Mike and even the conversations that we've had since I've been here, you know, telling stories about when we played up in Green Bay or they played in Minnesota. And then, uh, you know, with Jerry and Steven and uh, those things. But I've had such great respect. You know, I, I actually told him the same thing. When I was in the NFC uh, North, he was the one I respected the most. You know, they were the best team. They were the most well coached. Um, you know, their teams played the right way, and so we tried to emulate a lot of those things, and so that we could we could uh, hopefully compete against them. So they would never thought of retirement or anything like that after Minnesota. No, not really. Um, sometimes it's forced retirement, you know, but uh, it's more about um, getting the right situation for you. Like I said before. Um, I had opportunities, other opportunities that I that I could have taken, and uh, but I wasn't going to go somewhere that I didn't I didn't feel comfortable with with the the organization and and uh, the people there. Mike Todd Archer, ESPN. What do you think of the pieces that you have available to you here on this defense, and how can you make this defense better than what it's been? Yeah, well, it's a, hopefully I can. Um, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, they've been pretty good. Uh, you know, I know there's been some situations where um, <clears throat> things haven't happened, but that happens in coaching. You know, it happens a lot. So um, we're going to look at the, the players, try and figure out the best way to use them, um, put the scheme together, um, and again, you know, we, we want to take the good things that they've done and maybe add a few more other things that we've done good in the past and try to try to make this thing manageable where, you know, we're disciplined and we're, um, you know, well coached, we're um, play together as a team. Um, you know, we try to we try to make sure everybody understands their role so that other people on the on the field can have success doing their job. John. John Machado with The Athletic. Uh, specifically, though, with Michael Parsons, what have you thought of him as a player? And does he kind of remind you of any other players you've worked with? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a terrific player. You know, you watch him on, on tape, and he makes uh, 
some unbelievably athletic plays. Uh, you know, at this point in stage right now, I'm trying to figure out, get the coaches in here, and then we can sit down. And one, of, I think one of the strengths that I've always had is to look at players and, and kind of have a vision for each player and then try to figure out how we can use them in the best way. Um, one of the things I would hate to do right now is to tell you how I'm thinking about playing him without talking to him and letting, letting him think, okay, this is what we're thinking about doing with you, Micah. Um, I don't think I should tell you guys first before I tell him, if that's and then I was just going to ask you, is, is there anything that maybe stood out to you the last couple of years that maybe you missed about the NFL? Um, yeah, I mean, you always miss football. I mean, you miss coaching. You miss the relationship with the players. You miss relationship with the coaches. Um, you know, I have, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I probably need a little time off just because of uh, some of the things that happened with my family. And, uh, you know, that was <clears throat> that was important to me to take some time to help the rest of my family in some of those situations too. So, um, <clears throat> you know, but at the end of the day, it draws back in. You know, my dad was a high school coach for 30 some years and, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So <clears throat> I'm excited to try to get where, where I can try to help players be better and teams to be better and groups to be better. That's that's what I I, I try to do. Um, you know, I try to coach every position. Um, I try to show them why it's it's important to them and and uh, you know and it gets me excited when I can see other players improve and even if it's just a little bit, it improve at one thing or improve at another thing or how we can all get better together. Calvin, Calvin Watkins, Dallas Flanders. Coach McCarthy was away. He Put it in the lab and looked at a lot of different things. Did you do anything similar to what he did when he was away? Well, I did. I did some some of that. Um, you know, a lot of it. I I did a lot of reflection on um, what my time in Minnesota. You know, the eight years, the things that I felt like we did good, the things um, that I felt like I didn't do as good. Trying to figure out, you know, how I can be a better coach in the future. Um, obviously, there was all always some tape watching and, and uh, things like that. Marvin and I, Marvin Lewis and I was a great friend. Um, you know, we did a podcast and then afterwards we'd sit on there and um, we'd watch tape together and talk about players and talk about schemes and things like that. But a lot of it was, a lot of it was reflection on, um, you know, what I did well and what I didn't do well. Sock. Sock, he's the athletic. Uh, Mike, when you, when you kind of look at the way the, I know you haven't been out that long, but uh, when you look at just the way offenses evolve constantly in the NFL, whether it's you know the, the McVeighs and Shanahan's and all that stuff, where have you kind of seen the NFL offenses go, and how do you kind of see your defense fitting? Yeah, you know there there's a lot of different kind of scheme scheme things that you know the, um, you're you're starting to see a lot more of the receiver outside motion and with speed going up the field. You're you know you're seeing obviously in the last few years there's been a lot of the jet sweeps and rocket motions and things like that so I think that's been a lot of it um, you know we've we've all talked about the different uh, ways to handle it and you know football is an evolving game whether it's offense or defense and so it, it all kind of comes back you know the defense catches up then the offense catches up and it just kind of goes from there so um, without being too specific I know I'm not but um, you know we'll, we'll have ways to combat these things. 
just curious about your thoughts on Al Harris and kind of, you know, as you're putting the staff together, how he kind of fits in. Yeah, um, I had a good visit with Al and the rest, the rest of the coaches here. And, um, you know, he's, you know, it's up to Obviously, Mike has made the decision that you know these guys are going to be here, and so we had a good conversation that um, uh, that he's going to still be here with us, and uh, I'm excited to work with him. And you know, I've heard a lot of great things about uh, the work that he does, and and uh, really all the guys here. Garrett. Garrett Podell, CBS Sports. Mike, you came up as a defensive backs position coach. What are your thoughts on coaching Deron Bland coming off his historic year and Trayvon Diggs coming off his ACL injury? Yeah, well, I'm always excited to coach with, with good players and, and uh, good defensive backs. You know, this kind of was my, as you said, my baby coming up. Um, you know, I, I love the technical aspect of that position. Um, I know you guys that were here 18 years ago, when I was, you probably saw some some of that stuff when I was here. But uh, you know, footwork, technique, uh, hand placement, um, you know, getting out of the break, shoulder shoulder level, you know, all those things. And so, um, you know, those two guys. Obviously, I've never worked with them, so I don't know. I've only seen them on tape. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, we can continue to get continue to get them better. I know, you know, obviously, I've, I've watched some of those guys on tape. Yeah. Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com. Are we going to let Mike answer? Oh, you're, you're doing a hell of a job. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you into this one, Mike. Uh, talking about you're looking for the right opportunity to be able to come back to football, being able to win back up with McCarthy and, and the Joneses. What about those conversations last week and even into the weekend led you to believe that this is the right opportunity? Well, I knew right away it was the right opportunity. Um, you know, there was there was another club talking to me, and uh, but th this was this was where I wanted to come. Um, uh, you know, and Mike and I had some great conversations on the phone. We had some great conversations, uh, and since I've, I've been uh, you know been here, and um, you know, and I've always been comfortable with with Stephen and Jerry. You know, they've been outstanding to my family. You know, ever since you know when I was here way, way back in, when. And so um, it, there was never a, a question of whether or not I wanted to be here at all. Um, I you probably couldn't think of, of the 32 teams, more than one that I really wanted to be at. And then Mike, what are some memories you have from the NFC North days? Is there anything that was talked about last week in passing is kind of a fun memory? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you remember plays and games. Uh, but you know, I, I think if you would ask anybody, uh, during my time in Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the whole staff and so forth, you know, Mike was always the toughest to play against, you know, and I think any time the division games are the hardest, clearly, uh, but they're always, you know, extra tough against Mike, you know, particularly, you know, just the way he would lay out the defense, you know, the change up calls and, you know, a lot of things in football, everybody has a, a menu of things you look at, but, you know, he has a great fastball, great curveball and a sweet change up. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Jeff Colton with Fox Sports. Mike, welcome back. Uh, two questions for you. You spent some time at the college level the last two years. Can you talk about your connection with Dion and, and what your style is for connecting with young players today? Yeah, well, uh, first thing is is that, you know, Dion and I connected here many, many years ago. I didn't know him at all. Um, you know, the first time I met him, uh, you know, he basically had an entourage with him and, you know, the change and all the stuff. And we be we've become unbelievably great friends um, you know he's I haven't spent as much time at, at uh, Jackson State in Colorado as people think 
Um, quite honestly, I was at Jackson State two days, and I have never been to Colorado. But we talk on the phone a lot. He asked me a lot of questions about coaching and and coaches and coaching and and different things. But um, you know, so and as far as the second question, um, you know, there's a reputation out there that I'm a jerk or something like that, which. Hey, and it is what it is, I guess. But, um, but you know, since I, since I since it was announced that I was going to be here, I've heard from so many players that played for me. Uh, uh, players here, not just defensive backs, but linebackers and defensive linemen, uh, texted me and said how happy they are for me. And I think if I was such a jerk, I wouldn't be hearing from those guys. And secondly, you were part of the last. Oh, I thought that was two questions. <laughs> Well, it's hard. I mean, it was hard. We had, uh, I remember we, you know, Kevin Williams had to catch a third and 12 or something in order for us to beat the Giants to win the division. And uh, we weren't playing great there at the end. And uh, I used to tell this story to my team all the time. Um, you know, we, we go out there and, and what, we go out to Arizona, I think we play Arizona, and we're flying out there, and San Francisco gets beat the day before. And uh, like the mood of the team just completely changed. And we got out, we got Arizona, because we knew we were gonna, if we won, we were gonna have home field advantage. We go out there and we beat the dog out of them. And uh, from there it was, you know, nice and easy the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, I was a little worried when Pittsburgh onside kicked there a little bit and got, I think it was the start of the second half and got it. But, um, you know, that that's so much about the mentality of football teams, uh, you know, of just how you're, how you're thinking. But, you know, I'm not sure we would have won the Super Bowl then that year if, if those kind of things didn't happen toward the end of the year. And, um, you know, obviously it's a great feeling when you win. And, um, you know, Mike's won it too, so he can talk about that. Brad Sham, Cowboys Radio, Zim, uh, let's go back to even when you first went to Minnesota. The young men coming into the league as players, how have they, how are they different, the kids who come into the league now compared to back then? Um, You know, I think, Brad, the biggest thing is um, the ones that want to be great, they want to be coached. You know, they, they want to be coached. Now, you know, there there's a lot more social media. There's a lot more of the uh, outside stuff going on. But, you know, the ones that I w I've been around, the young guys, the ones that want to be great, they want to be coached. They want to study. They want to they wanna understand, you know, how they can get better. And to me, that's what the, most all the great players, they want to know how can you make me better. And, um, you know, so I, I think uh, – you know, and y'all had Anthony Barr here. I love Anthony Barr. Um, you know, he was a little hurt when he, you know, playing here. But, you know, he was a young guy, and he was terrific, great leader, studied, did all the things. And, um, you know, so we had a lot of guys like that that, that uh, come in there. Now, I coached the Polynesian Bowl high school all-star game a couple weeks ago, and uh, – now those guys were dancing between plays, and they had the they had the uh, um, the attention span of about two seconds. But um, you know, I I think great players want to be great. Uh, Mike, um, which of your current players do you have the kind of relationship with 
that they could come up and hit you on the sideline like Kelsey did, and, and everything would be fine. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Brad. I mean, I don't know what. Um, no, I, I think just like anything. I mean, you know, I just think sometimes those guys forget how strong they are. You know, but yeah, I, I've been punched, I've been pushed, and I, I think it's just part of that relationship. Hey, Mike, Pat Donovan with NBC here in Dallas. Um, you were talking about the players you coached, clearly not thinking you're a jerk in your style, but it was Darren Woodson who was at the Super Bowl, your biggest cheerleader, talking about how hard you coached, but the impact you made on him. Those players from those teams, I mean, what's the relationship like? We heard you mentioned Dion and what he did for you the last couple of years, too. How much do you appreciate the relationship with those Cowboys great players that you're now part of this organization again? Oh, it's everything. Um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why you coach is to um, try to develop players and then develop a relationship with them, and then hopefully, it's someday they appreciate what you've what you've helped them do. You know, the coaches can't play for them, obviously, but you know maybe you can help them get a little bit better. Um, you know, Charlie Williams called me the other day. You know, which <laughs> you know, Charlie he had a nickname that I can't say here, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, a lot of these these guys. Um, you know that when you hear from these guys and they call you from, um, you know, and I've had several Minnesota players call me as well. Um, I think that's uh, it. It makes you feel good because you know they think about you and they appreciate you. And if he said that your style is to not be someone who is your friend, is to get the best out of you. How would you describe your coaching style? Has it evolved at all over the years, or are you still the same guy you've been? Entire well, I think these guys that have been here saw me 18 years ago. They've evolved. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sitting there. And I think I've evolved too, or otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. But um, you know, I, I'm demanding. I try. I try to get the best out of the players. But you know, to me, there's a difference. You know, I had one player who was a, a terrific player, and you could not yell at him. You had to put your arm around him. You had to talk to him, whisper. He didn't like to be reprimanded in front of people. And so that's what I did with him, and he became a, a terrific player. Other players, you know, I'd get after, and, you know, I'd, you probably know some of the names. He, one of them was here. Um, but uh, like, I'll say it to him, Pac-Man Jones, right? He, he gives me the biggest hugs now when I see him, but, I, uh, you know, you know, we ha we've had our our issues, you know, going back and forth, and um, you know, uh, you know, I think everybody's different. You try to you try to hit the button, however it is is to make them better. Got uh, Kevin Sharon, Dallas Morning News. Uh, you talked about how you evolved, obviously, as everybody else had. What has not changed about you since you were here last time? Competitiveness, um, probably. Um, being technique-oriented, being fundamental, uh, disciplined. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that kind of get me grouchy. <laughs> Ed Warder, ESPN. If each of you could address the uh, – when Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator, obviously created a great emphasis on turnovers and defensive touchdowns. and. You guys dominated that statistic across all three years. Does that approach continue here, or do you have to give up something there to be more sound and play, you know, defense against the run and so forth? Areas which have been weakness in recent years. I mean, I, I don't think so. I think every every coach um, is trying to win the turnover battle. Um, I know that's been 
you know, my personal history as an assistant and as a head coach. Um, so how you train it, um, I think it's like everything in this game. You know, Mike's talked a lot about technique and fundamentals, and you know, your ROI usually speaks to the energy and, and what you put into it. Uh, but you know, but with that, uh, it's also you know we're aware of the, the discipline things that we need to be better at. But I, I don't think that takes away from our ability to take care of the football and take the ball away. How big a point of emphasis is that for you? Well, it's always a point of emphasis. And, I, you know, I, I do think, you know, if you look at turnovers, typically they come from um, quarterback hits, overthrows, you know, things like that where, you, where quarterbacks make the wrong reads. Um, you know, you, you knock the ball out of somebody's hands because you're physical. Um, I think all those things kind of incorporate all those things. And, you know, if it, you have, in, in my opinion, I've always felt like, you have to be fundamentally sound to get to the football in the right way, and then once you get there, then then now it's it's doing that, and then you know if you if you if you never hit the quarterback, you're not going to get turnover. So um, you know, obviously, we're always going to try and hit the quarterback. You know. Joe Trigan, WFAA. I got one for each bike. Zim, I'll start with you. Um, you mentioned how some of these players have reached out to you. Were there some of those players who maybe had to mature a little bit before they understood what you did for them? When they were players, and if so, what did they say they they figured out or understood? Yeah, um, so I'll give you a good good example. Um, Xavier Xavier um, Rhodes called me uh, probably five months ago, and um, you know I was on his rear end every day about being disciplined, you know, getting in the right footwork, all this stuff. He became a terrific player, you know, and. Uh, he called me and he just said, Coach, I know how hard you were on me, but I appreciate what you've done for, for me and the family and the things like that. And I mean, you hear that, you know, there's a, you know, I probably was too hard on a lot of players, but, you know, I've heard it several times. And so, um, you know, I think that's, um, it makes you feel good that, you know, they understand that you're, you're just trying to help them. You're not, you're not just out to be a mean guy or something like that. So. Jerry talked about being all in. Can you give us your description of what being all in would mean for this organization? For the organization? Yes. Uh, I'm just trying to get coaching staff hired right now. Um, no, I, I think with that, obviously we've we've had some really good teams in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we're disappointed that we haven't reached the you know the ultimate goal. But yeah, I think it's just you know identifying the fact that. You know, it's important to go back and, and, and start with the basics, and you know, and that starts with player acquisition. You know, and, and ability to get the new staff and get the personnel guys in in the same room next week, and, and just make sure we, you know, just stay on point and and do the things we need to do to, to make sure that we're winning. You know, and, and building that confidence and the things you need to do uh, when it comes down to the stretch. You know, in the playoffs and win and be a, you know and, and win playoff games and win championships. So, um, but as far as everything else, I mean, that's I mean that's the way I took it. Michael Gelfin, Dallas Morning News, I presume. What needs to be done in the months ahead to get this run defense to where you want it, it needs to be, and how will your philosophies guide that? Well, we got to get the staff together first, and then we got to go through the film. We got, you know, the. Pro I hate saying process all the time, but you know, there's a process about getting all the. First off, we got to get all the coaches on the same page. We got to speak the same language so the players can speak the same language. So when they come off the field, they speak the same language to me. And you know, because they say, "Oh, this guy did this or that guy did that," and I don't understand what they're saying. So we got to get the communication down first, the techniques down down second. We got to make sure that we we figure out where the 
personnel is and put them in the right place and then let them and then get them coached up and let them go um you know it's it's too early you know i've been here a day and a half now so it's too early to know a lot of the things that we have to do but that's kind of the the routine that we're going to go through here christy christy scales 105.3 the fan cowboys radio Hi, christy uh how much of the appeal of this opportunity coming back as coordinator is the fact that you do get to just concentrate on the defense and your thing and not all of those responsibilities that Mike was talking about before as head coach? Yeah, I think that's that's some of it. But um, it was about, really, it's about the opportunity to work with Mike and the opportunity to be here with the Cowboys and, and uh, the organization. Um, uh, you know, like I said, Jerry's been great. Steven, you know, Steven's a great friend. Um, and But, you know, the, the lure was really the football team and Mike. And uh, so I think that was that was the most important thing. Um, the, the one good thing about it is I don't have to do these media conf press conferences every single day anymore, So, um, which is okay with me. He wanted to do it by himself, so I, was, I, you know, I think he's pulling your leg a little bit here. Uh, Mike, Joe Witt was with you for a long time. Uh, was that a difficult conversation to have to say that he was not going to be the guy here before he moved on to Washington, or how did that all play out? Well, I, th I think the biggest thing is, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that went into, you know, this this hiring process, just like any process too. I mean, you know, there, there's there's a timeline. You know, obviously Dan was the you know was the um, last uh, last guy hired in the cycle. So, uh, and then with that, we wanted to go through a thorough process and you know in the, in the timing and the opportunity. Frankly, you know, knowing Joe and Erica for the amount of time that that I have known them and, and, and had a lot of great years together. You know, I think he has a great opportunity in Washington. So, uh, but we you know we wanted to go through a thorough process and and that led us to hiring Mike. And to fill out the rest of the staff. How long do you guys anticipate that being able to go with all, a lot of jobs being filled already and people available? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's like any process. There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of conversation. So we're going to be diligent and, and make sure we're you know, thorough in this, in this process too. So I, I don't have a timeline, Todd. Okay. It's for both of you, different questions. Mike, back on the topic of whether or not Zim's a jerk. Uh, you, you were, you were. Gee, be selling, would you? And putting together a staff. I mean, you know, people always talk about putting together a team, but in putting together a staff, how important is it for everyone to have the shared vision? But you want different personalities because players react to people differently, and you want to have them be able to go to different people for different things. Well, I mean, Mike brings so much to the table, you know, and I, I think the fact that he's older than me was probably number one. In my <laughs> book, but, you know. No, and I, I think too, you know, I, I think as a coach, and I think you have to establish it, establish this at a young age, and because uh, you know, being fortunate to be in the NFL, and, and I know Mike has seen this too, because we've had some conversations about it. Is you know, yeah, the, the, the players are different. I mean, society's different. You know, you know, we we both have children. He has grandchildren. I have teenagers. So. But I think as a coach, you clearly got to decide: um, is it most important to be loved or, or respected? And uh, and I, I've always taken the approach that it, it it is important to be respected, you know, before love. And I think the love comes later because you know I, I've found that in my career that you know guys probably really don't appreciate you in, until after the fact more, and, and that's fine. That's life. Uh, but we're all here to, to to win a championship, do a job. 
and and and, and so forth and so forth. So, but I I, th I forgot what your question was. What was no, just the different personalities <laughs> and, and yeah, just yeah. So. Um, I, I think to clear, I was trying to give you a filibuster. Mike needed a break. He's kicking me under the table here. But <laughs> I was uh, just going to say amen to what you just said. I uh, thought it was yeah, great. Yeah. yeah no, so, no, personalities are very important. And, and I do think, and I, you know, with his experience, the way he came into the league, you know, his father being a high school coach, it's, it, those things are all very appealing to me. Uh, his work ethic, I mean, and, you know, having a mutual friend in Marvin Lewis and just the people that you really trust in this business. Uh, having personal experience, I think Mike might. I mean, I don't know if I've called um, many games against another coordinator in my time in the league too. So I mean, all all that's important. Um, but the next part is make sure they fit with him in the defensive room, and, and you know, and and we still have a couple things on offense too. So I mean, you're always looking to do that. But I do. I, I think it's very important. Uh, that you choose respect over love. Uh, it's nice to be loved all the time, you know. But at the end of the day, it's you know, respect has to be first. You know, we have one, we have one rule, one rule in our in our in our football operations, and that's no disrespect, and that covers everything. You know, be on time. You know, talk. You know, talk to people the way you want to be talked to. Treat others the way you want to be treated. So, and and that's just something I've always tried to live by, especially as a coach. And Mike, you were saying earlier too about. You're not going to reinvent the wheel. Understanding the staff not set yet, you have all the personnel meetings, but in general, do you have an idea of, of kind of what percentage makes sense to incorporate and change going into this offseason, or is that to be determined? Well, I think, I mean, there, we have, I don't know about percentage, but we, we've, Mike and I have talked about things he'd like to see a little bit different. And, um, you know, I've talked to him about things that we've done in the past. And so I think once we kind of iron things out, at the end of the day, honestly, David, it's about what can the players do? You know, um, you know, we can be the smartest guys in the world, but um, if the players can't do what we're asking them to do, then we're, then we're not very smart. So I've always felt like, um, you know, ideas are great and all that, but Okay, what can they do? What can they do, and and how proficiently can they do it? Thanks for calling me a jerk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him back. I'm not gonna be confused with the mic and Mike. You're similar in this way. <laughs> but uh, you're the last. You were here when the Cowboys last won a title, you know. And obviously, you talked about coming back relationship with Mike and being comfortable with Jerry and Steven. How much is winning again and winning that Super Bowl again the reason why you're back? There's no other reason. I mean, um, I mean, my grandkids are fine and all that, but I can see them any time. But I didn't come here to do all the work that we need to do if we're not if we're not trying to win a championship. And uh, you know, that won 12 games in three straight years. They're on the cusp. Um, they've got. I think they've done a great job with with the uh, personnel on the team. You know, they've got good coaching staff, and uh, I'm just hoping that I can help a little bit. And uh, we can get the players better, and, and but that's, I mean, that's the number one goal. There's, you know, I didn't come, you know. Okay, let's be average this year. Let's no. Stop. Uh, Mike, speaking with the players and stuff, just as a defensive coordinator, how important is it for you as you go into free agency and the draft to have the say and the kind of players that you want to have your imprint on the defense and what kind of style you want to play? Um, you know the one the one great thing about here even when I was here long long time ago and talking to Mike how it is here the coaches have a lot of input and so you can you can give um, you know we can communicate with Jerry about the things that we're looking for you know can you always get him no um, but 
you know, it's important. Can we can we get this player a little bit better? Can can we get this player a little bit better? And uh, so uh, it's nice to have the 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 you know every pick that you're that you want, but it doesn't work that way. You know, there's offensive guys that have to get picked, and there's you know defensive guys and guys that you know aren't in the draft. So um, we just try to put together the best team we possibly can. You talk about the process of uh, getting this job and everything. Just um, I think reports started coming out on Thursday that things were closed. Just what were these last few days like for you and closing the deal and and kind of what what happened there? Yeah, well, my 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 daughter who lives with me was was thrown up for three days and she got me sick, so I was in bed for a couple of days and then the Super Bowl was going on. So you know we we kind of really just slow played it and kind of went from there. So um, it wasn't any uh, intense negotiations or anything like that. I knew I wanted to be here. I knew they wanted me to be here, and I'm, you know I was told by oops sorry somebody calling for a job. Um, uh, it really, it really, it really was. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so, so, um, but it, we knew we would get it. You know, I was told we were going to get this thing done anyway, so it wasn't, it wasn't any big deal. So, did you see Rex Ryan's comments? And did you, was there anything? I, I see a lot of Rex Ryan comments. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Um, I'm curious to how much of the Cowboys you saw last season specifically and what jumps out for you now that you get to work with that excites you. Well, you know, I've, I've obviously watched a lot of games, but I watched several games on tape, I don't know, maybe half the season or something like that, just kind of trying to get a feel of the players and, and things. But, uh, um, you know, obviously offense is best best in the, in the NFL, which I'm not sure I ever had that before. Um, so keep that up, would you? And, and uh, um, you know, and then defensively, I got some terrific players. You know, I watched a lot of these, these guys and, um, you know, and you watch the excitement. You, you know, the, the, the fans in Dallas, you know, I, I know they live and die with the Cowboys, but, you know, this – Everybody loves the, the Dallas Cowboys, these fans, and you know that's part of the part of the draw too, is to be excited ab about having uh, such outstanding, loyal fans that uh, live and die with you every Sunday. Alrighty, thank you all. All right, thank you. Thank you. There they are, the two Mikes, the head coach Mike McCarthy and the new defensive coordinator Mike Zemmer. Along with the assembled media, a lot of laughing going on. What is your takeaway? The truckwreck.com fan text is open at 877-881-1053. We are going to go commercial free to the top. We will react to what you know we heard there and talk about some of the other big stories from around the world of sports today. And then we'll get to the G-Bag of the day before we get out of here. Okay. How about that? A double expressway uh, yeah. hump day in the G-Bag Nation. Valentine's Day, P's and C's, and Mike Zimmer. Let's party. Man, there's there's a lot to like here, isn't there? Uh, what you like from that presser, uh, uh, Wolchuk? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that Zim showed, obviously, there were a lot of questions. Is he going to be a hard ass? And he's like, look, yes, I, I am a guy that certainly I, I have been tough on my players, but he also knows certain players, they don't take well to that approach. 
and he's had different players that didn't like to be chewed out in public, and he will handle each player differently. I did think it was interesting. Uh, I liked the question about how are you going to use Micah Parsons, and he said, well, I need to talk to the player, tell him how I'm going to use him before I really feel comfortable telling the media that. Uh, a lot of it was I, I do think he's got a game plan against the McVay, the Shanahan, these new-age style of offenses. He talked about some of the things and, and I think really gave some good details of the way that they've used motion. I think he's going to have a game plan for that. But uh, I think the majority of it is the communication, the teaching, the accountability. I think you heard a lot of stuff uh, that was very positive there from Mike Zimmer. Yeah, the, he's like uh, the what really ticks me off is when the fundamentals are messed up. And I think he's one of these old school coaches that really appreciates the art of teaching. And so I know he is going to be... Uh, I mean, talking from all the players that, you know, we got to sit down with at Super Bowl Radio Row and all the stories we've heard about Zimmer from his time here and and just the fact that how detail-oriented he is, how great of a teacher he is, and so he gets super butthurt when he feels like he's doing great teaching here and we're still having fundamental issues. And then yeah. he and, and he says the thing where it's like, yeah, no, players that want to be great mm-hmm. are down with being coached. And so yep. he sets that line. So if you're a guy and you're going, okay, well, I got to be like, I got to check myself. Do I want to be great here? Because if I'm going to take to the coaching, then it's going to be a reflection on how great I want to be. And Darren Woodson talked about that. Dude, he sat me down and showed me all my bad plays. And as a guy who wanted to be great, Darren Woodson took that and appreciated that. And I think it's because I would guarantee you this isn't a Mike Zimmer sit down with Darren Woodson and tell him all of his problems without providing solutions. If Mike Zimmer is a solutions guy, everybody likes that guy. It might hurt at first. Like, gosh, dang it. I just got called out in a huge fat way. But I'm not just left with this and now I got to go figure it out. I think Mike Zimmer, from what we've heard from a guy like Darren Woodson is, hey, here's your issues and here's how I can help you and here's the things that you need to do to solve them and if you're going to be that kind of guy then that's the exactly what I would want yeah I did like a lot of that tone it it seems like he's got a really good handle on what buttons to push and but he understands that I can't do I can't trample on people you know and even talked uh, once about you know sometimes I've been too tough on players you know I think you know some of those coaches can go overboard and in in a moment of reflection or like maybe I don't want to go that tough but I think he has a really good uh, understanding of of how that works for players and why it's important you know to create that sort of tone and that sort of urgency through practice we're not just here to kind of get better and hey look at this I'm doing my drills it's like mm-hmm. man it's really important that you perfect this right now and if I sense from you that the attitude isn't like geared towards perfection something else is going on we don't have all day we only have a limited amount of hours to practice we got to snap into it right do you not understand how important this moment is right here and I, I think that is amongst the reasons that, you know, the good coaches can separate themselves because they can create that sense of urgency that is so much more conducive to learning, you know, than just, oh, yeah, get your reps in. And over time, like the repetition is going to make you better. You know, that's sort of a laissez-faire ap- approach that coaches that don't want to get in your face take. So I absolutely love that. There was, um, you know, a couple of texts. Come on, guys. It's a new D.C., not a new coach. Didn't think we should have gone to the presser. 214, you guys really interrupted G-Bag so we can hear a new DC. Get the bleep out of here. I I think we went to it because there just hasn't been much open media session since their massive disappointment. And the venting, the emotion, I I think people want to hear where they're going to go with it. And it's clear, you know, they're trying to strike a tone of, you know, spring, uh, everything's new. So... 
So good luck to them on that. I know the laughing did offend some people in the text as well. Like, it ain't laughing time, guys. Yeah, this is neat. We need yeah. to be serious here. <laughs> but you see old friends and uh, obviously Zim's friends with all the, these media guys that have been around and gals that have been around for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. They wanted Mike Zimmer to get to that microphone and get in players' faces right there. You know, he, they wanted <laughs> yeah. to start seeing it immediately. I watched that Packer game, Micah. Get off your ass. Yeah, it, it's this. It's like we want them to win, you know, win the big playoff game today, even though it's not something that is even plausible for today. Come on now. His phone rang, and, and obviously that's a fine. We know in general, Jerry, that's a fine. Yeah, Jerry's fining folks for things like that. So that's probably the, the, the one freebie he gets. Got to get the staff together. Somebody's calling about a job. He said, without Steve being Wilkes, too specific maybe. about the motion, we'll have ways to combat these things. I like how he said that. He made me more confident. And I uh, also kind of like how he talks like Lee Steinberg just a little bit. Just a little. Okay. Uh, uh, at eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three, would Zimmer ever have a long meeting with Dan Quinn about the state of the defense, talk about the players? I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, I don't think the former – defensive coordinator who's now the head coach of your division rival is going to sit down with your current defensive coordinator and uh, talk strategy yeah but overall a quality press conference and a good way to open up the show and move into the offseason I think you know even if you're the best coordinator you're going to need good players and you saw that with Belichick um, you know, you've seen that with the number of coaches. And uh, I think if I'm Mike Zimmer right now, I'm, I'm heading down to the personnel department saying, man, uh, you're here before too long. I'm going to have some players at OTAs and, uh, out of this draft class, I need some studs, you know, at least one good linebacker and out of free agency, I need one good veteran linebacker. You know, I think the, the shopping list is not too expansive. Yeah. I can make do with everything else on your team. Even if you want to let Dorrance Armstrong go, that's fine. But I'm, I'm going to need two, two good linebackers here by the time we get to the summer one way or another, Mr. Jones, boys. 100% co-signed that. And shout out to our guy Skywalker Steele, uh, free agent defenders that were signed in the first year under a defensive coordinator. The Cowboys have definitely gone shopping. Now, it's usually bargain bin shopping, but they do allow their new defensive coordinator to come in and try and get some of his guys. I mean, you look at Dan Quinn's first year, they bring in Carlos Watkins, Keanu Neal, J. Ron Curse. Uh, a couple of other players that didn't really pan out, but this goes all the way back to Monty Kiffin back in 2013. So I'm sure Mike Zimmer will have some say in who they go ahead and approach. I, honestly, Walchuk, I really appreciate the fact that you skipped over the names from the Mike Nolan offseason. That was just bad. Because we don't need to talk about those no. names. We don't need to hear about Ha Ha Dix. We don't need to hear about Don Terry Poe. We don't need to hear about uh, who uh, Gerald McCoy. But those are the guys you're getting. If you want to keep bargain bin shopping, that's probably the caliber of player you're going to get. You're going to have to open up that pocketbook a little bit. Well, then you can just excuse me because I'm going to be paying attention to the Mavs, Rangers, and Stars. Damn right. Okay. If that's what you want to do to free agency, I'm Dunsky. I'm Dunsky, bruh. Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about you winning a championship. Yeah, we're, we're going to party with the real <laughs> yeah. world champion Texas I mean, Rangers. I'll show up in Oxnard and look at your recruiting or your draft class, and, and maybe if there's like three pro bowlers and five rookie all-team guys there, that'll be like, okay, we got ourselves something here, boys. No, at that point, we'll, we'll be in Oxnard just being all over the MLB trade deadline. <laughs> there we go. Just be hammering it. Let's go, Rangers. Dun, 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 dun. Pitchers and catchers in. We do have a number of Rangers topics coming up. Tonight is the final Mavericks game. Uh, before the all-star break so that's going to be fun as well and there's all kinds of great stuff to discuss lint has begun i'm still doing proteins this year because i'm on the mission to get a pull-up in 
Okay, oh, Bef- boy. Before hey. the end of the calendar year, I think it, I think I might get it actually this spring. I noticed you stayed away from uh, the delicious bread zeppelin that, that I brought back from the operators club. That oh, was, oh, was, oh, oh, that was hard. Gosh, that club. was not easy. I hope Carter and Lucius have tried this thing. I mean, that place is. If you need a date night, last minute spot, go to the operators club tonight. The wagyu sliders that I had for lunch, dear God, absolutely divine. Imagine. How'd you like that pasta I brought back for you, New Orleans style? Absolutely fire. Yeah, it was. It, I felt like I was getting a little little precursor little to. The, to the Super Bowl yeah. a little bit. Yeah, with a, a Fat Tuesday situation. It was fantastic. Uh, and I do think, Dawson, like every year you punt on sugars and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You no end up, sweets, lose, you no end up losing a pretty good amount of weight. Eight, ten pounds, so. I think the body composition, maintaining the proteins this time around, you're going to end up loving that man in the mirror. And you're not going to get all that S talking from fiance yeah. wife anymore. She's not going right. to be She's not going to be bagging on your, your love handles you. or <laughs> any of your fupas or anything like that anymore. <laughs> Here we go. I think I might get three or four of them by the time we get back from spring training. In three weeks. I believe in you. Three weeks time. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is time now to go to the Pimp Cup. Here's Lucius Alexander, your G-Bag of the Day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a hump day. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Ooh. It just coincided. It's happening today, huh? Mm-hmm. Bad news coming out of KC. You see that? Wow, dude. What happened? Uh, Ten people injured. It was a shooting. Oh. At the parade. Parade. At the parade. Oh, yeah. yeah, bro. Whew. Sad, man. Yeah, man. I think one person has been confirmed to have passed. It had a hell of a playoff run when it comes to the KC fans. It's terrible. You know, you had those guys that got in that fentanyl situation, froze oh, outside. Right. Now you got a shooting out there, man. Oh no, bro. I don't even know what to say. Uh, our winner on a, uh, I guess this is a, it's not a toxic Tuesday, but this is a very toxic pastor right here. This is a Valentine's Day, so maybe it might help somebody get a Valentine's for next year. You got a pastor tells a woman, in the house of God, this is in church, the reason why she is single, and I think he nailed it. It's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. A woman should just shut up and look cute and nod your head. It's your fault. Who want me to who, who want me to cr- critique them right now on the spot? You do it? Come here, come here right here. Come right here. Now she said she gonna do this, didn't she? Did I call her out? Did she call her herself? Whoa. All right, so you need to lose weight. Find a good bra. You need to go to in intimate. It's called intimates. I, I took my wife. My wife out. knew nothing yeah, about anything. My wife knew nothing because she came from a family who didn't know anything about anything. Come on, bro. I took my wife to a place that they have. We don't buy bras at Victoria. Not black women that got large breasts. So you need to get your bra made. (laughs) 
It needs to be custom. And it's not that expensive. Mm-mm. Expensive. No, baby. You get a good bra, it's almost like having a breast lift. Nice. It's almost like having a breast lift. Wow. <laughs> That's great audio. You can tell when you take it off. Yeah. When it's on, you know. Looks like you got a breast I'd rather you leave it on. Now, My I'm old lady, you. when she gets home from work, <laughs> she'll take off her work jacket, whatever. You know, a little vest, whatever. You know, look all business-like. She'll take that off. She'll take off her work blouse, and she'll take off that bra. She says, release the hounds! <laughs> <laughs> Any dogs in the house? <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> what, girl? Uh, how about this one right here? Uh, we have a high school basketball player that sung the national anthem when the original singer didn't show up for the game. She got that in the raucous red glare part. She killed that. Mm. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. Show some patriotism, honey. Hey, if you don't like know the words, a... why volunteer to sing the song, though? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you don't yeah. know the words, why volunteer to sing the song? I didn't think they'd say yes. Lack of self-awareness. She was like, yeah, I got to hit that raucous red glare, though. So y'all, show this part. Uh, let's see what else I got for you, boys. They should have brought her the lyrics on their phone. Yeah. Run it up there. I told you they don't do that anymore. No critical think. There's no critical thinking anymore. Too bad. No. Uh, how about this one? This is nice for Valentine's Day. Uh, mom put a note in a little man's lunchbox. Oh. Yeah. Put salt all in his game. His girlfriend got mad. Oh. Did you eat all your lunch? That's no, cool. actually, because my girlfriend was in a lot of calls for me, and you put a note that says, I love you, babe. Because I put a note in your lunchbox that said, I love you, babe? Yes. Your girlfriend got mad? Yes. <laughs> it was my mom. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking to any other girls, uh, you hear me? Uh, not even your mama. That's jealousy. <laughs> that's love right there. You've never been in love like I've been in love. Early. <laughs> yes, mom. Uh, no. Oh, hold on. Thankfully, mine didn't hear crosstalk yesterday. I got home. I was a little nervous. Oh, you lucky dog. Why was you nervous? You were speaking the truth, right? <laughs> yes. Can yes. she tell you that you kind of, yeah. she can tell you something. She can critique you all day. Right. That's, see, that's what I felt. Yeah. yeah. That's what I felt. And I was just kind of evening up the score a little bit. She's always hammering away at your muffin top. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind sucks, to be critiqued, man. man. Please Jeez, critique dude. me. You really don't realize that you've gained weight until, like, you see a photo of yourself or something like that. And you're like, yeah. wow, that's me. Yeah. So, yeah, if you live with me every day and you see me getting pudgy, say something to your boy. Hey, man, man pick that cardio up, fam. Yeah. Put the beer down, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Just out of love, though, you know? Out of love. It, it, for me, it's always the suit. Like, I got one suit, and I got it years ago. And I can always judge. And sometimes you get it. You're not in that suit for a while, man. Yeah. I only need the suit maybe once, twice a year. 
that's those are some humbling experiences. All of a sudden, it's a day of situation. I'm going mm-hmm. to a thrift store trying yeah. to find some pants that match my jacket. It's like yeah. you're doing breathing exercises in there. <laughs> I can't button the top button anymore. There it is. I don't know why Dana Wa- Dana White. <laughs> Excuse me. That's weed. That's weed. It's sticky. Uh, Dana White, UFC boss. Walks out of Howie Mandel's podcast. I don't know why he did this. I try to look and see if it's like a, a bit for something. See if he has something rolling out. I don't know. Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are. I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are not only an amazing businessman. You are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. The way you do business. The way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships. And media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And, but Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for all the kind words. I appreciate it. I, I am so tired of doing podcasts. It's, I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. Get some walks. I just got burned out. Just walked on out, bro. I thought it was a bit, honestly. I thought it was, too. The way Howie was, like, you know, serving that man up. Yeah. Howie was serving up 30, 30 whole seconds of serving up. Maybe that's what it was. That did seem a little out of character. You're right. He got through it cleaner than uh, Shannon did when he was trying to set up Cat Williams. But. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Cat, wait, Cat, Cat, no. Cat, no. Uh, let's see. We got time for one more, maybe? I mean, I quit a job like that once. What? My, my manager was, like, trying to consult me on how I would follow through or follow up for a second effort on a sale. And I was like, you know what? I just realized I need to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, this I'm anymore. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Lucius knows that pastor sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. I grabbed my girl belly. Getting thick, huh? <laughs> Shaking a little bit for Shaking a little. Yeah, a little feel insecure. Uh, let's see. How about this? How about a mother-in-law joke before we get out of here? Yes. Would you do a podcast with your girlfriend or wife? Significant other? Your boyfriend? No way. Nah. No, they, no. Yeah. They get too comfortable. It would. Uh, check this one out. Babe, if you were given only six months of life, what would you do? Probably move in with your mom. With my mom? Yeah. Why? Because it would feel like a very long time. Those six <laughs> I didn't think it was going there. Damn. That was great. Yeah. Sounds like they got a pretty good act going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, if I was a squirrel, would you still like me? Like, would you take care of me? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Babe, babe. Come on. Roll over and go to sleep, girl. Damn. <laughs> Let me no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to know what it feels like to chase a nut all the time. How about it? All right, let's go. All righty. Awesome. Uh, it is time to vote here for the G-Bag of the day. And uh, is it our, our current champion, the Toxic Pastor? Is it the high school basketball player singing the anthem? Mom put a note in mom's mailbox, or is it the joke? What do you say there? Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm gonna go with the wow that that joke there at the end that was pretty good, Chief. I'll uh, I'll stick with the champ. Okay, Lucius. Yeah, I like the toxic pastor. It's changing the world out here. And this song right here by Tony, 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 bumps, bro. 
Ooh. If you got the right speakers in your joint. Ooh. Yeah, the champ's going to win, so I'll throw a vote uh, over to the, the lunchbox note. By a score, two to one to one. Still your G-Bag of the Day champion, the Toxic Pastor. If you ever do miss the G-Bag of the Day, you can check back in at LA Live 540. He replays that for you, among other things, nightly in that segment. Okay, NFL news of the day is coming up. Uh, we'll check where we're we going with it. We have a firing in San Francisco. The Kelsey Bros and Tom Brady talk about the sideline incident with Andy Reid. That's next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.